For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Spiritual Understanding of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is part three of the series. It is a night to be observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their generation. So they baked unleavened cake in that night. He brought them out of the land of Egypt. Yeshua is buried on Aviv or Nisan 15. We can see this from John chapter 19 verse 31 and then John chapter 19 verse 40. The Jews therefore because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, a Shabbaton, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then took they the body of Yeshua and wound it in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Passover and unleavened bread, these terms are used synonymously and interchangeably. That is because they are celebrated together. Passover is the 14th day of the first month, immediately followed by unleavened bread, the 15th day through the 21st day. So you're celebrating Passover and unleavened bread together. So you're referring to this entire period of time as either Passover or unleavened bread. In Mark chapter 14, verse 12, it is written, In the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said to him, Where will you that we go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? Well, you actually ate the Passover on the 14th. It's the 15th where you eat unleavened bread. But this says, on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover. Unleavened bread is being used interchangeably with the celebration of Passover and the Passover season. We can also see see this in Luke chapter 22 verse 1 and verse 7. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. Unleavened bread is called the Passover. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. Unleavened bread is to be kept for seven days. The number seven in the Bible represents completion. Exodus chapter 13 verse 6 is the commandment that seven days ye shall eat unleavened bread and in the seventh day shall be a feast unto the Lord. Why do we do it for seven days? 
7 in the Bible represents completion. We can see this from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day. The seventh day was a completion from all the work which he had made. Unleavened bread was used for consecration. Leviticus chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, it is written, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, in the garment, in the anointing oil, and a bullock for the sin offering, and two rams, in a basket of unleavened bread. Continuing on, Leviticus chapter 8, verses 26 through 28. And out of the basket of unleavened bread that was before the Lord, he took one unleavened cake, and a cake of oiled bread, and one wafer, and put them on the fat and upon the right shoulder. And he put all upon upon Aaron's hands and upon his son's hands and waved them for a wave offering before the Lord. And Moses took them from off their hands and burnt them on the altar upon the burnt offering. They were consecrations for a sweet savior. It is an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And making this consecration part of what was commanded to be done in the process of making this consecration unto the Lord was you are to take unleavened bread. Part of consecrating yourself to the God of Israel, you pursue not sinning. Not sinning is a part of your consecration or your sanctification. Unleavened bread was used for sanctification. In Exodus chapter 29 verses 1 and 2, this is what you need to do to hallow them. Hallow is the Strong's number 6942. It's the Hebrew word kadash which means to consecrate or to sanctify, prepare, dedicate, be hallowed or be holy or to be made separate. This is the thing that you shall do unto them to hallow them to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish and unleavened bread and cakes of unleavened tempered with oil and wafers unleavened anointed with oil and wheat and flour shall you make them. Therefore a part of the sanctification process was taking unleavened bread which is being without sin in conjunction with oil. Oil was used for anointing. Your anointing comes when you consecrate or sanctify yourself unto the God of Israel. Unleavened bread was used for the meal offering. Leviticus chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 it is written And when any will offer a meat offering unto the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour and he shall pour oil upon it and he put frankincense thereon. And if you bring an oblation of a meat offering baked in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mingled with oil or unleavened wafers anointed with oil. Unleavened bread was used for the meal offering as we can continue to see by reading here in Leviticus chapter 6 verses 14 through 17 as it is written. 
And this is the law of the meat offering. The sons of Aaron shall offer it before the Lord before the altar. And he shall take of it his handful of the flour of the meat offering and of the oil thereof and all the frankincense which is upon the meat offering and shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor, even the memorial of it unto the Lord. And the remainder thereof shall Aaron and his sons eat with unleavened bread shall it be eaten in the holy place. In the court of the tabernacle the congregation they shall eat it it shall not be baked with leaven so the meal offering was to be eaten in the holy place and part of this offering was to use unleavened bread unleavened bread was used for peace offerings Leviticus chapter 7 verses 11 and 12 and this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings which he shall offer unto the Lord if he offer it for a thanksgiving then he shall offer offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cake mingled with oil and unleavened wafers anointed with oil and cakes mingled with oil of fine flour fried so once again we have this spiritual concept unleavened bread without sin mingled or anointed with oil that the anointing comes when we separate and consecrate and sanctify ourselves from the world unto the God of Israel. Unleavened bread was used for the Nazarite consecration. In Numbers chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 it is written, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite to separate themselves unto the Lord. Continuing on, Numbers chapter 6 verses 13 through 15. And this is the law of the Nazarite, when the days of his separation are fulfilled, he shall be brought unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall offer his offering unto the Lord, one he lamb of the first year without blemish for a burnt offering, and one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish for a sin offering, and one ram without blemish for peace offering. And a basket of unleavened bread, cakes of fine flour mingled with oil, and wafers of unleavened bread anointed with oil, and their meat offering and their drink offering. Eating unleavened bread represents or is associated with leaving Egypt. Egypt represents the ways of the world in the world system. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 17 is written and you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. Why? For in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, because I brought you out of Egypt, therefore you shall observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. So the coming out of Egypt is associated with eating unleavened bread. When you leave Egypt, you're leaving the world and the ways of the world. When you leave the ways of the world, you're separating yourself from sin, which means you are eating unleavened bread. How are we to keep and observe the festival of unleavened bread spiritually? It is to be done with sincerity and truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7 and 8, it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven. That's Egypt. That's the ways of the flesh, the ways of the world and the world system. Purge that out because you are a new lump in Messiah. You are a new creature in Messiah. Old things have passed away. The ways of the world, the world system, all things have become new. Why? Because in Messiah you are unleavened. You are in him seeking a path of consecration and 
sanctification and a path where you don't lead a sinful life. For even Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. How do we keep it? Not with old leaven, not by following the old ways of the flesh, the ways of the world, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. How do we keep the festival spiritually in sincerity and truth? Well, we need to understand what truth is if we're going to keep it in truth. The Torah is truth. Psalm 119 verse 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your Torah is the truth. Malachi chapter 2 verses 1 and 6. It is written, And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. The Torah of truth was in his mouth and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. Then in John chapter 16 verse 13 it says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth or the spirit of Torah is come, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into walking and observing the commandments of Yeshua and the God of Israel. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. We can also see that the Torah is truth from John chapter 14 verse 6 and 2 John chapter 1 verse 4. John chapter 14 verse 6, Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth. I am the truth. I am the Torah. I am the living Torah and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes in the Father but by me. Second John chapter 1 verse 4 says, I rejoiced greatly that I found of your children walking in truth. Walking in truth? Following Torah. As we have received commandment from the Father. What commandment did we receive from the Father? We received the commandment to walk in Torah. So you observe the festival of unleavened bread in sincerity and truth, which means you observe the festival of unleavened bread when you're seeking to follow Torah. If you're seeking to follow Torah, then you're not sinning. Sin is leaven. So if you're following Torah and not sinning, then you are unleavened. That's how you keep the festival. You are also to do it with sincerity. Sincerity means a pure heart. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22 says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, by obeying the truth, by obeying Torah, you've purified your souls. You've consecrated or sanctified your life. You are not sinning. You're following the ways of the God of Israel. Unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See, if you're following Torah, you're going to love the God of Israel with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You're going to love your neighbor as yourself. So it says obeying the truth through the Spirit. We do it by the Holy Spirit, not by the commandments of men, not by the oral traditions of men, not by the leaven of the Pharisees or what rabbinic Judaism says how we should follow Torah, but we're obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, seeing that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So our sanctification, our consecration, the way we observe the festival of unleavened bread is with sincerity and truth. That is obeying the commandments of the God of Israel with a pure heart. John chapter 17 verse 17. Sanctify them through the truth. Sanctify them through obeying the Torah or the commandments of the God of Israel. Your word is truth. John chapter 17 verse 19. And for their sakes I sanctify myself
himself that they also might be sanctified through the truth, through the Torah. Why and how are you sanctified through the Torah? Because if you're following the Torah, you're not sinning. You're not sanctified by sinning. You get sanctified by not sinning. You first receive the salvation of Messiah, the blood of Messiah forgives you of your sins, but then you live a life where it is not a sinful lifestyle. First Peter chapter 1 verse 22, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. It was a commandment to be sanctified for Passover in Second Chronicles chapter 35 verses 1 and 2 and verse 6. Moreover, Josiah kept the Passover under the Lord in Jerusalem and they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. And he set the priests in their charges and encouraged them to the service of the house of the Lord. So kill the Passover and sanctify yourselves and prepare your brethren that they may do according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. A requirement for marriage is that we be sanctified. Of course, this marriage is unto the God of Israel. Spiritually is what this is referring to. In Exodus chapter 19 verse 10 and then verses 14 through 17 it is written, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. Wash their clothes means remove the sin from your life. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people. How are they sanctified? By washing their clothes, by removing the sin in your life. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part of the mount. Moses is being the escort of the nation of Israel who is the bride and he's bringing them to Mount Sinai where the marriage will take place and the marriage vows are exchanged. The priests are to be sanctified. Leviticus chapter 8 verse 30. And Moses took of the anointing oil and of the blood which was upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon his sons garments with him and sanctified Aaron. Aaron is of the priesthood and his garments and his sons and his sons garments with him. We are sanctified in Yeshua the Messiah. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 and verse 7 it is written. Furthermore then we beseech you brethren and exhort you by the Lord Yeshua that as you have received of us how you ought to walk. How are we to walk? By keeping the commandments of the God of Israel by following Torah and to please God so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Yeshua. For this is the will of God. What? Keeping his commandments which is your sanctification that you should abstain from leaven, fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, that is leaven, but unto holiness, which is unleavened bread. What did we learn from this teaching on the festival of unleavened bread? Let's review what we've learned. Unleavened bread is a seven-day festival. Unleavened bread is the first month of the biblical year from the 15th to the 21st day. The first and the last days of the festival of unleavened bread, which is the 15th and the 
21st is a special Sabbath day, a designated Sabbath day, known as a high Sabbath, or in Hebrew, a Shabbaton. Unleavened bread in the Bible represents being without sin, and the Hebrew word for unleavened bread is matzah. The Passover lamb is eaten with unleavened bread. Spiritually, Yeshua is our Passover lamb. Eating the lamb means believing that Yeshua is the Messiah. Eating unleavened bread means seeking to not live a sinful life and following Torah after you are a believer and have been saved by Yeshua the Messiah. Leaven in the Bible represents sin. Yeshua made mention of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which was mainly their doctrine, which was their interpretation of how we follow Torah. The Sadducees only believed in the first five books of the Torah were inspired by the God of Israel and didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead or angels. The Sadducees were mainly in control of the temple services and the temple system of the first century. The Pharisees believed in following the written and what they regarded as the oral law. The historical first century Pharisees became today what is called Orthodox Jews or Rabbinic Judaism. Yeshua criticized the Pharisees for their hypocrisy for teaching how to follow the Torah. They say you need to do it this way, but they didn't live it. The leaven of the people at Corneth was mainly sensual desires and sexual sin in the works of the flesh. During the seven days of unleavened bread, no leaven is to be found in our houses. Spiritually, our houses is our body. Our body is the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh or the Holy Spirit. Eating unleavened bread or not living a sinful life is an eternal command of the people of the God of Israel. Unleavened bread or matzah is a spiritual picture of Yeshua. The matzah is striped and pierced and flat, meaning it was without sin. These are the characteristics of Yeshua the Messiah. Unleavened bread is called the bread of affliction. This is a spiritual picture of Yeshua when he died on the tree. The children of Israel left Egypt on the first day of unleavened bread. This is also the day that Yeshua was buried following his death on the tree. Passover and unleavened bread are used synonymously when celebrating this holiday season. Unleavened bread is celebrated for seven days which spiritually represent completion. In other words, you are to work on getting the sin out of your life until you get the sin out of your life. And this is a process that we go through until that process is completed. There's always something to work on. Unleavened bread was used in the days of the temple for consecration. Unleavened bread was used in the days of the temple for also sanctification. Unleavened bread was eaten as the children of Israel left Egypt. Spiritually, this teaches us that we are to be quick to leave the ways of the world when we accept Yeshua as the Messiah. Spiritually, we need to be sanctified to celebrate Passover and unleavened bread. Spiritually, we observe the feast of unleavened bread when we remove sin from our lives. Spiritually, we keep the feast of unleavened bread by eating the lamb. That means believing 
believing that Yeshua is the Messiah and doing so with unleavened bread, which is removing sin out of our lives by following the Torah with a pure heart. So I pray that this teaching on the festival of unleavened bread has been a blessing to you and from it you can see how unleavened bread relates and pertains to us as believers in Yeshua as the Messiah and it also relates and teaches us about Yeshua himself. Yeshua is that matzah. Yeshua is that piece of unleavened bread. All the things that the God of Israel gave us, he gave it to us to understand about Yeshua the Messiah and our personal relationship with him. Well that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject the spiritual understanding of the feast of unleavened bread shalom in yeshua the messiah amen thank you eddie this is stephen morgan and all of us here at hebraic heritage ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching if you've been blessed will you help us to share this message with others hebraic heritage ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts in order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others we are offering today the dvd yeshua the lawgiver for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.